Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 148, and we're talking about travel safety and security. We are in uh, Arequipa this week, which is, um, well, today really, which is in Peru, um, kind of in the, the south. Yeah, we southern, get a bit confused because we've been spending a lot of time on buses. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of lose track of where you are in the world. But yeah, it's uh, south of, it's kind of between um, the border with Chile and Lima. From here, we're going to go to Cusco, which is, uh, I think it's about 10 hours on the bus, another bus, yay. And <laughs> we spend so much time on buses. And uh, we plan to do some language lessons, so hopefully we can improve our Spanish. That's right. Well, this week we're talking with Craig Bidois from fearfree.co.nz. Uh, he's got lots of experience in travel security. Um, he's done everything from training UN troops to teaching survival courses. So, um, yeah, we thought he'd be... A little bit of a different guest um, coming from the the expert side of the fence yeah. instead of the um, the, independent. The, the enthusiastic traveller side of the fence. Yeah, it's really useful to know what we really should do from the yeah from the expert side of things. <laughs> Before we get into it, though, something Craig found out this morning very exciting. Um, Lastminute.com has put out a list of their favourite travel blogs for the last three months, and this month we're showing up in second place, so we rock. <laughs> <laughs> So along those lines, thanks to everyone who listens to the show and gets involved by commenting on the site and on Facebook, because you guys keep us motivated and that's what keeps the show going. Yeah, you guys rock much more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to Craig. Well, Craig Bidois a frequent traveller and someone who knows what he's talking about when it comes to security. He's worked as a security expert and risk assessor in the Middle East and Africa, including time with UN peacekeeping operations in Iraq. He's trained at the UN Staff College in Turin, Italy, and he's certified to teach their pre-deployment and survival courses. Craig Bidois, welcome to Indie Travel Podcast. Excellent. Thanks very much, Craig. Now, I have to admit, Craig, you're not our, uh, our normal type of guest. I mean, first of all, you've got an excellent uh, first name there, but also you're, uh, you're less of a traveller and more of a, a travel safety professional. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And um, over the past few years... Uh, the uh, situation around the world has uh, changed a little, and uh, so noticing more travellers are wanting more expert advice before they head off. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's very true. It's quite easy to to look at the news and, and get scared about heading off to a foreign country. Um, but do you think people should be afraid of travelling, or is there a greater oh. perceived risk than there is actually real risk? Oh, absolutely not. There's... Um, there's perceived risk, and I think the media um, uh, tends to um, play up some of the incidents that occur over there. But uh, by far, the majority of travellers, even into remote spots, will, will have no trouble at all, as long as they, they use um, common sense and a sense of humour as a best uh, defence. Sense of humour. Absolutely. The... Um, a number of tight spots can easily be overcome and, and everybody's got a sense of humour around the world. And uh, I've noticed um, many people uh, in extremely uh, agitated uh, situations, life and death threatening, uh, and they've used a little bit of appropriate humour to get themselves out of it. Mm, sounds very good. Well, I mean, a lot of our listeners aren't going to be heading into high danger areas um, unless they're maybe a bit off the beaten track somewhere in Southeast Asia or um, Central or Latin America. So let's imagine someone's heading off on a round the world trip or they're, I don't know, going on a bit of a, a gap for, for a month or so. 
what kind of things should they be doing before they head out the door, before they leave? Sure. The, the, the most important thing that people need to do is their research, a little bit of preparation before they leave. There's a number of uh, websites around the world um, related to the government's uh, perhaps through the country that they're going to or, or their own home country to, to review uh, the security in that particular area. Um, the other thing that I really strongly urge people to do is take copies of vital documents. Uh, they need to have not only their passport and visas and medical um, uh, certificates, you need to photocopy them, you need to have copies left with somebody at home, you need to have copies of those vital documents um, perhaps recorded and left on your on an accessible uh, email address uh, just in time or in case firstly you lose them or if you cannot um, um, physically get hold of them yourself and someone else may need to access that vital information. Mm, so what kind of situations do you imagine people would be needing it? I mean, obviously, if your passport gets lost or stolen, it, it's very helpful to have a have a backup so you've got that information there. Are there other oh, times I, people will need it? Oh, absolutely. I, I can um, use one example of, of a traveller in, uh, in Africa um, became very ill. Um, we could not find uh, that traveller's passport. We could not find the visa um, so that traveller was stranded at, a, uh, at an airport, unable to, to fly off to, to better medical treatment, simply because we could not find any of the documents. Uh, the traveller had been involved in a motor vehicle accident. Um, the, her passport and other documents were, were actually stolen at the uh, scene of the accident, um, and, and it was a real struggle um, for us to obtain any documents quickly uh, for that person. Thinking about, you said um, check government advisories and other websites about the security information. Um, I've noticed there's quite a big discrepancy between the information you find on the, the US safety advisories and the British safety advisories. Are there some specific recommendations that you could give us for, for where to go for, for good, solid advice? Oh, absolutely. Those two um, sites are obviously the, the British Foreign Commonwealth Office and also the um, CIA uh, in the United States ha have a number of open access uh, for it. But, uh, you know, for people travelling, whatever your home country is, you should really check um, that your home country's website. Um, and then uh, countries such as uh, Australia and Canada have very uh, interesting um, travel advisory sites that are very... Um, uh, calm and um, not so off-putting or dramatic as some other um, international websites. <laughs> some countries we <laughs> shall not name. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Smooth. Well, um, one of the biggest risks, I guess, is around times when you're doing lots of transport, um, when you're in transit all the time. So airports are often a, a common area where people run into trouble. Uh, there's a lot of red tape that people aren't used to, and there are um, potential risks around uh, either getting scammed or getting ripped off around an airport. But it's, I mean, is terrorism something we should really be worried about? I mean, there seems to be a couple of cases a year. It's not something that most people are going to be running into. No, I, I think for the, for the everyday average traveller, um, 
who's not on a government or United Nations mission who's just out there to enjoy themselves and learn about another culture, you're perfectly fine. If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, obviously there is a potential for for, um, threat from terrorists. But for most of us travelling overseas, the biggest threat, um, especially arrival at a uh, location, is the fact that we're quite tired, uh, we're not as alert as we should be, and uh, it's even happened to me in a um, uh, airport arrived after a very long flight. Um, and uh, next thing I've got uh, a, a gentleman speaking to me in, in English asking to if I needed a taxi. Um, I just said yes. He grabbed my bag. And next thing I'm following him through the airport at about 100 miles an hour um, and out past all the taxis right to the other end of the airport. And we're hopping into his uh, private motor vehicle. And off we went. But that, that turned out all right. But um, I, I let my guard down. I was tired. Um, I should have said no. I should have looked for the official channels of, of exactly where the taxis are. Um, it turned out all right for me. Other travellers may not be so good if you're suddenly approached by your best friend at the airport um, who you've never met before. <laughs> uh, not many of us actually have... Uh, met a best friend at an airport um, suddenly, so just be very, very careful, and uh, um, it, it can trick even the best security experts even. Mm, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, coming off a long flight, you're often disoriented um, and tired, so it can be can be good to have those first couple of days at least carefully planned out. Um, oh, absolutely, and there's a, there's a number of um, countries around the world where, where people who are unauthorised um, to take uh, tourists or people to the airports. Um, and, and the thing you have to watch out is that if you do hop into one of those vehicles and something happens to you, uh, there may be uh, some difficulty accessing your travel insurance as well. Mm, I see. Uh, why would that be? Because you've made that decision? Yeah, because uh, you've made a decision. Uh, perhaps you're expected to be picked up by a um, hotel uh, transfer and somebody else has, has come in between you, taking you off in a motor vehicle. You might be involved in an accident or an incident, and the insurance companies would look at the circumstances of that and say, well, hang on, uh, you're supposed to be picked up by these people. You made a decision to go with somebody who hasn't even got a license um, in, a, in, a, in a very unsafe vehicle, and, and, and that directly contributed to your uh, incident. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Now, one of the things I was thinking about um, traveling around airports and even crossing land borders is um, issues around drugs and um, and drug smuggling. Even um, people who are who are clean, who aren't drug users or aren't carrying drugs, can get uh, implicated in all sorts of issues. Is there any advice you can give people for for staying safe? Oh, absolutely. Whenever you approach a border, maybe you're going through um, a, a land border, um, you, there'll be people there who want to get things onto the other side of the border. And, and they'll approach you, they'll offer you fantastic money for minimal risk. Um, there is definitely a potential, if you're tired, you're hungry, you're running low on your funds, um, to, to take that risk. Um, I can tell you now that the land borders around the world are extremely tight um, and heaven forbid if you get caught in a country 
that has tight security on a land border or airport or seaport, um, you could be in for uh, the most terrible experience of your life. Mm. One of the things I've noticed is people um, people with backpacks especially, which don't have locks, um, are putting them into the hold, handing them over at the... Um, at the check-in desk without without locking them and um especially things like surfboards and things like that um and there's just the opportunity for for some dodgy dealers behind the behind closed doors to put whatever they want in them and leave you as a as an accidental mule oh absolutely and even in um, the most secure areas of some of the the world's tightest security airports and ports uh, there'll be people who are actually working inside those um, locations um, who who will have the opportunity, once your bag has even gone past there, to access it, um, perhaps take something out or place something in it. Um, I always um, have, have huge, big padlocks on it, on all my luggage going away. Um, I also, if it's possible, um, wrap it um, um, with the shrink wrap if that's available at that particular airport because I, I'm not too worried about uh, people approaching me before I go through. It's what happens when your bag has gone past you and you cannot see it anymore and it's being loaded. There, there's some delay. You know, there's an hour and a half to two hours um, that your bag is being stored. Um, there is definitely a potential for something uh, to go wrong. Hmm. Yeah, well, getting away from the the airport now and um, getting onto the ground, is there any um, any common things you're seeing at the moment, or um, any advice you can offer us for for day to day travel? No, it's just once again, it's just leading back to uh, people uh, doing some good planning, a little bit of research before you head away, and the most important thing when you get there is to adapt to the customs and culture of the people that you're you're now visiting. And always, always remember that uh, you are a guest in their country um, and take some advice and learn quickly um, about the do's and do nots uh, in in that particular country or culture. And that will save you a a lot of headache. Mm. So to do that, what's, I mean, I imagine the best thing to do is talk to your your accommodation staff, your hotel or hostel. Is that kind of what you're thinking of? Oh, absolutely. Hotel staff are, are, are always helpful. Um, I always, um, when I'm travelling into a, a new country, if I haven't had time to do any research, I'm always talking to the airline staff um, or, or the, the um, uh, people on board just to what to expect when I arrive there, where, where is the taxi cabs, the best buses to catch, uh, and just have a general chat. So I've got a little bit of an idea on... on and what uh, what you're arriving into, but um, don't forget uh, you're there to ha- to learn, to look, um, and to enjoy some of the fantastic things that are out there around the world. Yeah, good call. Absolutely, it's um, although all of these areas around risk management and security are vitally important, it's um, it's very seldom that uh, anyone runs into a problem with it. Right, oh, absolutely, very rare. Um, but uh, on the odd occasion that it does happen, sometimes it, it reaches the media and, it, and it's quite a big uh, situation that, that's developed uh, over simply because somebody has forgotten um, to bring their visa with them or they lost something or they can't find something. Um, but, you know, once, once again, 
it's best just to just be prepared, use your common sense, and uh, always be polite and diplomatic when you're dealing with um, officials of other countries. That's all. That's the best advice that I can give. Mm. Well, Craig, you run a New Zealand-based company at fearfree.co.nz and uh, mainly doing advice for, for corporates and companies on their security and risk management overseas. Do you offer anything, um, any advice or information for, uh, for travellers? Yes, we do. We, um, you know, we, we're happy we have um, our information uh, line for any, any travellers. If they just want to um, send us an email, we can send any information we have uh, on that particular uh, country uh, free of charge. Uh, we're just happy to help anybody uh, before you head off. Uh, we do a lot of work uh, with the United Nations and um, other corporates before they travel off as well. So we're happy to pass on our information and knowledge to them. Wonderful. Hey, Craig, thanks so much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast today and um, best of luck. Thank you very much, Craig. Appreciate it. Well, thanks heaps, Craig. Thanks for coming on the show and talking to us about all that cool and very relevant information. <laughs> Yeah, we hope you enjoyed that and uh, picked up some useful ideas. Don't forget to drop by the Indie Travel Podcast Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash Indie Travel, and uh, help us plan our travels through the rest of Peru, Bolivia, and Argentina. And we might even be going back into Chile and Uruguay. And yeah, we just we just have quite a lot of options at the moment. So <laughs> there are some discussion threads there that you can get into. And also tell us about your 2010 travel plans on the wall and upload your photos. Yeah, cool, cool. We're also hoping to get um, a bit more money. We're over 10% to our goal, but we're trying to buy a, um, well, we've had to buy already. So we're trying to pay off our overdraft to pay for two um, hard drives that we've bought so we can keep taking videos as we're traveling around South America. Yeah, Craig went on a bit of a mission to try and find this, um, find some hard drives because we tried to find them in the north of Peru and they, they just didn't seem to exist. So we had yeah. two hours in Lima, so we went off in a taxi on a mission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and had success. And success, it was amazing. Yeah, but we are um, having to pay for them now, so your help would be appreciated. There's a donate button at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Um, I guess, like, we're, we're more than 10%. We just need maybe between five or ten people to give 20 25 bucks and um yeah that yeah that'd would, be great that would and help. if you do give us more than 10 bucks we will send you a postcard i've just written two postcards to send out to the people who have give us given us money so if you want one of these hot little things <laughs> then you should definitely give us some money before we finish up uh, we want to thank a couple of our awesome interns who are helping us run the show while we're on the road um, Siaudi Caldo from the Philippines has been doing lots of work, doing some writing, um, putting together some of her photography on the site and working on SEO. And Sam Wood has been doing similar work while he travels around Europe. He's blogging at ardenttraveler.com. That's with two L's. So check him out out there. Yeah. We're off to explore Arequipa. Get thee to a nunnery. Yes. And uh, so until next week. Travel well.